Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Get the Hillman Morning Show on demand. Podcasts and more are always online and on your schedule at WAAF.com. Game two tonight at the Boston Garden, and it is my pleasure to have our pal Andy Brickley from Nesson on this morning. Brick, how are you? Hillman, I'm doing great. How are you? Were you there Monday night? I was. Yes, I was, um, and I was lucky enough to uh, to spend a good part of the game with two of the toughest guys ever to play for the Boston Bruins, your pal Jay Miller and and uh, and Sean Thornton. Nice pair. Uh, where do you rank Jay all-time, by the way, as, as far as tough guys go? You know, I was uh, playing golf with him just uh, last week, and we had that very discussion, and uh, I was telling him from where I sat, my impression that he's right at the top of the list. And the biggest reason was he put a lot of fear in people, and you couldn't hurt him. It almost seemed like he could take a shot right on the button, and he would just shake it off and keep coming. I think that's what scared a lot of people. <laughs> um, speaking of that, um, it appears that uh, when it comes to his injury, that uh, Zdeno Chara is going to be fine and ready to go. And that's really uh, hockey in a nutshell, wouldn't you say, Brick? Absolutely, absolutely. I call them non-issues, Hillman. To be honest with you, you know when when they had the luxury of the three nothing lead against Carolina, they knew they were the far superior team that they were going to win that series. It gave them the luxury to sit them in Game Four. You know, you read about David Krejci having the flu. You read about Marshawn getting a, a a maintenance day right before the start of the final. To me, those are all non-issues. They'll all be in a lineup, all ready to go. Do you feel like the um, that 11-day layoff showed itself in the first period the other night, Brick? Yeah, absolutely. And not so much uh, you know, in energy and their ability to skate, but just execution, that's all. And once they found their game when they went down 2-0, and that was the beauty of it. They were down 2-0, but St. Louis hadn't played really all that great, I didn't think. They may have had a decent first period. Uh, remember, they had six days off, too, after winning their third round, so... Uh, but, no, the energy was there. The energy in the building was great. Everybody was excited. You know, we had waited 10, 11 days to get this thing going. and uh, The Bruins were in a zone. Their goalie was in a zone. They were playing great. They're coming off a sweep. They wanted to play hockey. And you could see that energy was there. They just needed to, to pay attention to detail more, move the puck, get sharper, execute better. And then you start in the second period, you know, 18-3, to they outshoot St. Louis. You know, you go back to that scrimmage game, and I don't know how you felt about that. I liked it. I liked the thinking outside the box, yeah. getting to that game day routine, you know, skate at night, not at 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning, get in the rhythm of a game day preparation. And the other thing that was crucial was they were encouraged to play at playoff, NHL playoff pace. Don't finish your checks physically, but play with pace. And you saw their skating game. It was superior to St. Louis's. You know, for two out of those three periods, periods two and three, and that was a huge difference in the game. And I give credit to that scrimmage game, getting them in that frame of mind that bring your skating game because you're going to need it against the Blues. And I think they were clearly the more physical team in the second and third periods. 
Yeah, I thought St. Louis got some energy after the Shen goal, gave them a one nothing lead, and uh, you could see that little jump in their game, and they try to be more physical. They're big boys, you know, standing around there on Sunday on media day and seeing the St. Louis Blues come out to do their interviews, and, you know, they get good size. They're pretty big guys, and, and they can skate too, but I think Boston is an underrated skating team. And the other thing, too, is that Boston plays an intelligent brand of hockey. They're very well coached. The players are open to coaching, and when you have a core group and a leadership group like they have, that follow their coach's lead and, and, and they believe in what they're trying to do as a team, you're going to get good results. And that's something St. Louis is going to have to deal with. Where do you think the Tory Crew statue ought to go? I mean, I, I, I feel like, <laughs> do, you, do you think it should be right behind the B.O.R. statue? I'm just so happy for this kid. You know, it's just, uh, I think there's two things when you look at Tory. You know, he's at that point in his career where, uh, not only is he a terrific offensive player, and they, he's a quarterback. I know it's a loose term, but he's a quarterback on a power play that has five quarterbacks at times. It's so good. Uh, but he's encouraged to stay the majority of the power play. Uh, one of the reasons he logs a lot of minutes in the last couple of games because of the power play. And, but when you watch him defend and his ability to commit to defending, he's, in, he's improved his technique on how to defend against bigger players. And that's all about a guy that wants to be, you know, a difference maker, a guy that wants to be considered a top four or three defenseman, not just a power play guy. And I think the way Bruce Cassidy coaches, you spend less time in your own zone, meaning Tory Krug appreciates trying to deny plays in center ice. You know, the way Claude coached, and it worked for the Bruins, obviously they won a cup, went to a cup again in 13. You kind of gave up your blue line and protected the middle of the ice. Now you're defending your own zone, and that's tougher for a smaller guy. Whereas if you can be like Krug and Grizzlick and Clifton and attack in the neutral zone and force the puck to either be tripped by you or deny the play, turn it over, and get going offensively, that works for a guy like Krug, and it makes him a better defensive player because it's an aggressive offensive slant to how to play defense. Speaking of Grizzlick, how great a story is it that both his dad and his brother are bull gang guys? <laughs> and his dad's been there for quite a while, you yeah. know. And uh, yeah, I, I you just gotta love walking into that building and seeing uh, and seeing Grizzly's dad. You know, it's just. We saw him back in the day when we were playing. Our generation was playing, and he had great hockey conversations with him then. And then you see his little son come around the old garden, and you know, just a rink rat hockey guy. And you knew hockey was in his future. And then to have it to be here in Boston in the NHL, and he's a terrific player who's getting better. And now he's in the Stanley Cup final. I mean, yeah, stories like that are awesome. Andy Brickley is our guest, and you guys are on between periods again tonight, Brick? Yeah, so we do uh, a full pre and post. Pre will be on Nesson Plus tonight. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to see our set out on Canal Street. It's awesome. Yes, Beautiful it backdrop is. of the Hub on Causeway. We've got a great location. That'll be Jack Barry and myself. Inside on Level 5 will be Dale and Billy. Alex will be at ice level. And that'll be on Nesson Plus. And then the post game. We shift over to Nesson. We'll do a full, you know, recap of the game. Uh, Billy and I will probably be up on nine. Everybody else spread around the building. Jack will get Bruce Cassidy with an exclusive after the game. And uh, between periods, as we try to grow our digital uh, over at Nesson, we have a chance to actually work the game. You know, we will take turns giving you some analysis in between periods on uh, Nesson Facebook and Nesson.com. So you might want to check that out, too. I think Jack is actually going to be attempting to sneak onto the ice uh, at the, mid, <laughs> the, the midpoint of the second period. 
to do what? <laughs> uh, what about um, how, when you look at a rookie um, like Cliffy Hockey, as the as they're calling him? Um, how difficult is it for somebody like that to perform the way he has in the Stanley Cup final? He's making it look easy, so I, I don't know how difficult it is for him. Um, what you hear constantly from these young guys, these inexperienced guys, is that when they come into the locker room, how welcoming it is and how easy the transition is, whether you're a young guy, you're drafted and being developed from Providence, or you come in at a you know, trade line transaction deal like a coil or johansson they make it very easy to be pop- what oh what just happened to brick belichick got to him what That's, what just what just happened oh boy brick is probably most likely teeing off somewhere in a month i bet he'll I, I would imagine that he will call right back if he got if he got disconnected side of the face I hit was, the hang up button you ever I that was, ever happened to you when you're holding your the phone between your ear and your shoulder and then you're like ah oh, crap I, 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 you don't know where the person the last thing the person heard I, 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 I was i was getting full chills by the way because i cannot wait for this game to start tonight um, my boner's and, gone and, and brick's analysis is uh is so spot on but <sighs> i'm sure he'll i'm sure he'll join us again um andy brickley from nesson it is 8.25. I literally have, like, three further questions for him. Come back. Um, <laughs> um, now, see, I, now we run up against the clock, and the question is, do I wait for them to get Brick back on the phone? I bet uh, he's still talking. He probably is. That's the worst. I know. When, and when then you're you, like, when, what do you think? When, <laughs> Hello? Well, this, I, when you're going <laughs> on for, like, five minutes, right. and then you realize that the person is not yeah. there anymore. What was the last uh, thing you heard me say? Uh, <laughs> but then me, that's the worst with me if somebody's in the middle of a long diatribe about something. Because like, so what? So I, when did I lose you? And I'm like, I don't know, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> if I haven't been listening to anything they've said, I'm like, um, I don't know, like a minute ago. I, I oh God, I forget what you were saying now, but mm. just start over. A texter believes that it's possible that Scott from Weymouth has some kind of a cell phone call jammer. No. Uh, he is, and he is... Uh, the guy's he, got a flip phone. He is, he, is, yeah. uh, he is somehow jamming people when he is not allowed to be on the air. Dumb phone. All right. Well, um, give those guys a look tonight. Guys and gals, a look tonight on, on uh, Nesson. Probably a dead area. How do you... By the way, how are there still... Uh, dead cell areas in, not, in 2019. Do not get me started. Do not get me started. It's like some areas are so great, and then all of a sudden you go through like there's Marblehead. specific areas. Yeah, you get like this one zone where the you can't get any service. There's nothing. No yeah. call. Not, just it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. There's two on the pike, Framingham, and then just past Westboro. Really? And it's like just a short period. If you're talking on the phone though, yeah. Gonzo. Yeah. That's right. Well, 5G is going to kill us all anyway. Um, also, there's uh, on Route 20 uh-huh. in, in Wayland, uh, there's one where you're just automatically going to lose your call. And Route 117 in like the uh, Weston Waltham area. Yeah. Same exact thing. Which is which is which is horrible. What a pain. Yeah. I mean, and it, you would you, you I mean, you would think that from the perspective of all of the tech, I mean, we got. Elon Musk building a, a tunnel underground from from the east coast to the west coast. It takes you a half an hour to drive there. Mm-hmm. And uh, all right, well, maybe more. 
with Andy Brickley coming up in just a few moments here at WAAF. All right, relief. Andy Brickley appears to be okay, and he's back um, and with us. We Dead zone, Brick? Uh, no, actually, I wasn't moving at all. I don't know what happened, but, uh, <laughs> you know, technology is above my pay grade. All I could do is turn my phone off and turn it on and hope it works. <laughs> There's something. It's got to be aliens or something. There's some kind of a sunspot or something. Even though the sun isn't out, there's something. There's something weird going on. But we were we were talking about tonight's game with Brick. Um, I did I did want to ask because a, a texter wanted me to ask you uh, if you believe that the Blues end up targeting Krug tonight, or do you think that doesn't happen because uh, it's the Stanley Cup Finals? I think the only way he gets targeted outside of just the regular run of play is if the Bruins have a sizable lead or St. Louis has a sizable lead. St. Louis has to win this game, no question about it. That has to be their total focus. And if you know if Krug's in the way, then you're going to play right through him, no doubt about it. But as far as targeting, I really don't see that as anywhere near the top of the list of their priority. They've got to figure out a way to beat the Bruins first. Um, and you look at if the Bruins do win tonight, um, do you think it's likely that they sweep? No, no, I don't think it's likely. It's possible, certainly, but uh, obviously being a Bruins fan, my wish is that they win it on home ice. So yeah. I'd be satisfied with a game five. Uh, <laughs> 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 See, that's how spoiled everybody is here, Rick. <laughs> yeah, let them lose. Hey, let them go, yeah, let let go across <laughs> the continent back in 2011 win game seven. So, I mean, you take them right. any way you can get them, but uh, yeah. you'd like to see the Bruins fans be rewarded right here, you know. Speaking of um, speaking of 2011 and that team, and you got to see some of those guys as the uh, the banner captains the other night. Um, what are what do you think are the similarities, uh, if any, the similarities between this team now and and that 2011 team? Yeah, I think the fact that the guys that they brought back to be the banner captains is exactly what we appreciate about this Bruins team. You know the the depth of scoring. The, the production you're getting from your third and fourth lines and how reliant you are. I mean, Corrali scores the game winner. You know, he's a big game player. He loves the postseason, was awesome in the Winter Classic. Uh, it reminds you of that Merlot line, you know, maybe even more offensive than those guys, but how much you relied on them. Corrali's line goes up against, you know, Tarasenko, Shen, and Schwartz in the second half of the game because they were getting the better of the matchup against the Bruins' top line. So, to bring those guys back and recognize just how important they were to the success of that 11 team totally, totally blends with exactly what we're watching from this 2019 team. And I'm not going to say this because he is a listener and I'm looking for a pair of tickets tonight, but how much of a genius <laughs> does Donnie Sweeney look like for that Corrali deal? Do I get tickets too if I go good on this? <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I'm sure you do. Yes. Yeah. No, Donnie, uh, when Donnie took over, and, and he'll downplay it, but you know, generally what a new general manager has anywhere from a three to a five to a six year plan. Obviously, you want job security, but you got a job to do. And his biggest challenge was uh, twofold. He had to get out of salary cap purgatory, so he had to make some deals that you knew you were going to lose on because you're not in a position of strength. Everybody knows you got to unload good players that are making too much money, and he had to do that. And then he had to draft and develop, you know, and everybody criticized him for the three picks, the three first rounders he had in a row because really we've only seen Jake DeBrusque out of those three. And 
and that's not a good percentage when you're drafting that high in the draft. And you hope that the other two are just late bloomers and that they'll get their opportunity to play in the NHL. So it, w- it was tough early on because you were in a position of weakness and then you needed to hit on the draft. And as it's turned out over the tenure, the drafts have been good. The development has been excellent. The coaching staff put together has been outstanding. And he still has that core group to build around. And then the acquisitions he made this year, the trade deadline, you know, worked in his favor. So he's looking good right now. And, and it's good to see that he had a vision. He knew what he wanted from this team. He didn't go out and get, you know, everybody wanted Mark Stone, right? And he signs a deal for about $12 million or something. Mm, yeah. He didn't go get that kind of player. He went and got guys that were good depth, good versatility, and good team guys. And you're seeing great results from those acquisitions. And speaking of banner captains, I'm hearing that it uh, that tonight it may be the greatest coach in the history of professional sports. Have you Have you heard the same thing, Brick? Uh, I have. Um, I try not to get into the middle of that stuff. I want to be as surprised as the next fan when I get to the arena. That's that's my approach. But I've heard those rumblings, yeah. Um, and did you did you get the same chills when you heard Tom Brady? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> how could you not, right? I, how, <laughs> I, I, I I think that's that's what it's all about. So, all right. Um, well, it's Nesson tonight. You can um, you can watch before. You can watch after. And as always, Brick, it is great to have you on, and we will we will see you there tonight. Always a pleasure, Hillman. Yeah, Nesson Plus for the pre and Nesson for the post. We'll see you tonight. All right, there he is, Andy Brickley. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 